Welcome to Old Brother, Not Another Podcast, presented by Verso Studios at the Westport Library and available on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you get your podcasts. And my name is Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And today on the show, we have Christopher Atkins, the uh, star or co-star of the iconic movie Blue Lagoon, uh, which was, I guess, released back in the early 80s. Uh and it was very provocative, controversial <laughs> time because there was like a nude scene in it. Um, and I'm curious um, how, you know, nowadays they have intimacy coaches, you know, and they come in every move. You can't go here and your hand <laughs> there and, and all this. What what was it like back then? What kind of direction did they did Do you have any guidance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was squirt the mango all over and then kiss it off. How, how is that for a uh, guy? <laughs> Works for me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends. I, I've done a lot of nude scenes. So, I mean, it depends on the actress. It depends on the moment. It depends on everything. I mean, Brooke was covered up with all kinds of uh, things. So there was nothing that was going to be seen. And of course, they have the direction of what they want to make it uh, like the mango scene, for instance, where or whatever the thing was, I squirted all over. And, uh, and, and it was one of those where it, it was supposed to be more fun and intimate. So there was much more going on than just the actual nudity itself. But there yeah. are some films that I've done where you have to block and sort of cover and all that kind of thing. And it's interesting. I, I was talking just the other day to somebody about this and, and I, uh, I never had, I don't know why I mean, I'm from Rye, New York, very conservative, the whole thing, but for whatever reason, after that movie, it's hard for me to keep my clothes on. It's one of those things that going to a regular beach just doesn't make sense. <laughs> but um, I always found, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I found that for myself that when an actor or an actress is really uh, obviously covering or blocking, um, it, it makes it more uncomfortable for me than if somebody was just naturally going through it and then they just edited how they edited. Uh, I mean, in these days with digital, you can zoom and not lose a lot of pixelation and all that kind of stuff too. So you can really cut around things a lot easier. But I always found it was a lot more uncomfortable. And I'll never forget, I'm sorry if I'm talking so much. I'll never forget, I was in Australia and I went to this play um and uh it, i gosh i can't remember it was a uh, the the play about the woman who who went on vacation uh to greece and her whole life changed in greece um and i mm. think it was a movie too anyway i never forget she came out on stage in front of this entire audience completely full nude and the way that she just presented herself was so natural, you didn't really realize she was nude. Of course, there's always that first shock that she did it. But because she was so natural with it, it made it, it the point came across a lot clearer. And I think that's the same with, with film. And with Blue Lagoon, it was it was very, very, very innocent. And he wanted it to be innocent. Yeah, right. Yeah, you didn't have any... Um, yeah, yeah, there wasn't like any, you know, sleazy motives behind it, like you're, you know, but 
was Brooke, I'm just curious, because you were 18, I think, and she was 14. Was was her mother or her parents on the set at all? On the on... Well, her mom, yes. Her mom was there, um, and uh, that wasn't uh, any really big deal or anything about it. Did uh, you, yeah, did... her mom was there. Yeah. The making of the movie, did you live on that island? I mean, it was an island, right? It was a private island. but This island literally was a deserted island. There was nothing on the island when we were there. I, I, I The whole crew and me... Wow literally lived in a tent for four and a half months on this deserted island the crew found water on the island there was no well water was being barged in in the beginning until they actually discovered water on the island now it's a five-star resort with only 15 people or something they can stay there at a time it's you know he really capitalized on the whole thing <laughs> what part of the world is that island in fiji fiji oh. nanuya levu it's turtle island in fiji Nice. So is that is that altar like an was that built or was that was that something they some formation that they found there you know the oh that the altar no 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 they built the altar and as a matter of fact the big joke was it looked just like the director so they, <laughs> they, they, they thought that they, that they were pulling the Australians oh. it was all Australian crew and they were crazy I mean they were so much fun I don't think that movie would be the same without them and it was probably the first big major motion picture that was uh used Australian crew back in that day in, in the in the Australian film industry but uh yeah that that uh, altar looked just like the director the nose and everything so th this is uh, maybe it's been brought up before, but I couldn't help but notice, you know, uh, Nirvana's first album, Nevermind, has a baby swimming underwater, an infant. Right. But your movie has an infant, your infant, your baby. There's pictures. It's a Nirvana album cover in your movie 10 years before. Uh, yeah, 10 years before Nirvana came out. I wonder if they uh, kind of ripped you off there. Not you. Uh, but you know. Who knows? But that was a big deal it's in Australia, especially at the time yeah. of swimming babies and the director just absolutely loved that and wanted to put that in the movie because it was so magical yeah it's beautiful and but then i it rem i said this reminds me of something and i <laughs> finally triggered and i went and looked at the nirvana album cover and there it is it's the same baby it literally looks like the same baby swimming underwater yeah yeah so, uh, so you you, you started <laughs> got into writing you write now right and produce yeah, well, I, I the last two boxes I haven't ticked in the business is directing, and I, I've I've been produced as a writer, um, but uh, the one thing that I haven't done is my own film. So I'd like to do my own film. I'd like to direct one, and I'd like to write from the blank page and create a movie and have that happen. I've done everybody else's for forty years now. I just think it's my turn to uh, to make some films. Let me carry the load. So. As a matter of fact, that I just signed a director deal for a movie that I wrote. So hopefully this will start in the next couple of weeks. We'll get into pre-production. They're in the middle of casting it right now. Can you say anything about subject matter, the fiction, or? Well, uh, it, it's a it's a, a a little suspense thriller, horror thriller type of picture. Hmm. I mean, uh, for the first jump off, I think uh, they they like this. It was something that I put together a while ago and. I'm also got another one that's a much bigger picture that I just absolutely love that's uh, set up in Australia right now. Um, and it's a it's a great picture. It's a family film. It's more of a heart and soul, but it's a comedy sort of in the vein of a crocodile Dundee with these just crazy colorful Australians. And it combines two of the biggest sports on the planet, baseball and cricket. So you've got cricket from that side of the world and you got baseball from this side of the world. You got the fans for that. And then you've got... Uh, uh, yeah, a, a crazy, 
a crazy story. And you aspired to be a baseball player, right? Early yeah, that was my yeah, that was my dream. That was my dream was to be a baseball player. And then I had all these knee operations in high school, and it took me right out of sports. But it was right when I uh, started modeling with the Ford Modeling Agency, and then through all of that, I ended up auditioning for uh, the movie, which I thought was really cool because I could tell all my friends, yeah. "Hey, I auditioned for that movie," you know, when it came yeah. out. Well, I auditioned, right. I auditioned for the graduates, so <laughs> but that's it. That's where it began and ended. So you know, it's a cool story, right? <laughs> it's a cool story, exactly. The last thing I thought of was that I was going to get cast in it. Oh my god! I, I read four thousand people auditioned for that role. Four thousand. That's true. Wow, that's a lot of four thousand people. And did you audition with Brooke, or did they pair you up later after like your ninetieth call back? Yeah, it was it was a lot of callbacks. Um, they paired us up later. Uh, uh, Julie Warner was the last one. She would have gotten it. Uh, Doc Hollywood, Julie Warner. She would have gotten it if uh, Brooke didn't. And she was the last uh, audition I did. Right. Was with was with her. Yeah. So after so after this movie was a big success, were you like approached like the, you know, now everyone wants you to be like nude in a maze? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, it was interesting because Columbia Pictures put me under contract for four and a half years after that movie. And it was the first time since the old MGM days that a, that a studio had put a, an actor under a specific or exclusive contract. Um, and so that was a big deal back then. And then uh, 20th Century Fox, Columbia never did anything. We thought it was just because they were holding me for a Blue Lagoon 2 or something. And then uh, 20th Century Fox bought me out and I did A Night in Heaven in the pirate movie with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a couple of trivia things about the movie. What you're riding dolphins, real dolphins or Spielberg style dolphins? No, those were those were real dolphins. Those yeah, real dolphins. Cool. They were at uh, SeaWorld in Los Angeles when when SeaWorld was there. Oh, so you filmed that part in SeaWorld? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And actually, they had uh, dolphin trainers from Australia come out to to catch dolphins and train them for that yeah. scene. Really? Um, yeah. But unfortunately, they never caught any dolphins. They're they're just too quick, too fast, too smart, I guess. And and they just didn't get any. And uh, so they ended up becoming the caterers because the caterer, the caterer uh, served everybody fish guts or something one time. <laughs> that was it for the uh, the caterer. And they turned out to be the caterers. And then after that movie, they went back to Australia and started a very successful catering service for movies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, and the other, this has probably been asked, maybe it's the most asked question. I don't know. But, um, you know, at the very end, were you sleeping or are you dead? <laughs> well, uh, you're allowed to say it's very well. Yeah. I mean, it's very funny because 50 percent of the people believe that we died and 50 percent of the population thought that we lived. It's very, very interesting the way that that turned out. There is a uh, a book. uh Actually, I'm looking at it. I have it up on my shelf, The Blue Lagoon. And in the uh, original book, uh, we died. And the baby survived. And the old man who was our my father um, took the baby back to the island. He had gone oh. tropo from being at sea all of those years looking for us or believing. And he took us back to see the ghosts. And then he passed away on the island. And then the baby was raised by uh, the Fijians. Yeah, it had like a Romeo Juliet kind of thing. You think the baby's dead, eat those berries, and and so you two make a pact, and and you eat the berries right, away, right. And, you know. And then my 
you know, I saw it again recently, but to, for this interview, but um, so I thought, well, maybe the baby's going to, this is Romeo and Juliet, the baby's going to wake up and the parents are going to be dead. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, well, they did actually write a, a couple of sequels for it, but none ever oh. stuck, I guess. And then years later, they uh, did the Brian Krause one. So. Oh, I didn't know there was a baby another one <laughs> what was what yeah. well brian kraus and mila jovovich did uh, a blue lagoon 2 i guess basically and uh it didn't do right yeah so, so what kind of project would be your dream project to be in to be a lead uh that's a very good question um well any of them right now i guess <laughs> <laughs> Any of them. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I'd love to do another love story. I, I, I think that uh, that worked out really well for me. So I'd love to do another love story. But mm -hmm. I love action adventure. I would love to do a, a, a nice action adventure. It would be fun. Uh, but uh, I, I think, uh, and I've, I've got an idea for one that I, I might start throwing down on paper and see how it turns out. But uh, yeah. So we're, I'm just curious, so the painting, we're both visual artists, so you have a painting behind you. Is that yours or a friend or an artist, or something you bought and you like? What's a... uh, no, that's my aunt. My aunt is, oh. is a, a, a tremendous artist, and she she painted that. Uh, and she there's a, there's a couple of them around here. Yeah, she's a great artist. She does a lot of watercolor stuff, too. Do you want to plug her name or say her name? Jean Kithill. Jean Kithill in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, Santa Fe, yeah. yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> yep, she lives there. And you currently, you still live in Rye, New York, or where do you live now? Well, right now I'm in, Gre uh, excuse me, I'm in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh, well, we're in Westport. You knew, maybe you knew. Oh, that. well, I could spit and hit you right now. I'm right <laughs> in Southport. Yeah, I saw you at one of those FTC uh, events. Maybe it was for Clasp or Homes for Hope. Yeah. We had a Christopher Atkins spotting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you got into the sports equipment business, right? You have a. a you manufacture it or do you have like a line of stores? No, you know what? That's sort of a. a, a, a it's kind of a fake uh, story, that one. Um, I, I invented a fishing lure. I'm a mad fisherman. I'm out there striped bass fishing every day or bluefish or I'm in the, the lakes around here constantly. I'm, I'm just a mad. I'm more, I'm so crazy. I'll stop at a puddle in the road because <laughs> you know? so, uh, Hollywood, special effects, they can do anything. And I thought back in the day, I said, well, why, if they can put a freaking Land Rover and they make a gorilla look like a gorilla and mm. all of this sort of stuff, why can't they make a fishing lure that looks like a real minnow? And they had mm. the crank crankbaits that would wobble like a minnow, but why not put fins and a tail on it? So that's what I created was a, it was like a fish condom where it was a rubber <laughs> sheath. Oh, <laughs> or a, a, a lure condom i should say yeah. and you take the hooks off and you put this sheath over one of those crankbaits and now it gave it a tail and fins and a and a, a dorsal fin so it actually from a silhouette of a fish trying to hit a lure it actually looked like a uh, a real fish so it was very effective i had a, a guy who was uh, two pounds off the state record with a german brown trout in oregon and I caught the biggest bass I ever caught on them. So it was very effective. So I, yeah, we were going to do an infomercial and then that turned into a lawsuit and it was just a mess. So <laughs> never, never went anywhere. So that was my outdoor company. Yeah. Yeah. You fish on the sound. Do you go out on the sound? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. 
I don't know if you know Jeff Northrup, but I don't know if he still does it. He used to take people out and and I did way back when I did a cable TV show and he said, oh, I'm going to, I did a show with him and I'll take you out bluefish fishing. And we went out on his, into the sound out, you know, halfway out to Long Island and he had all the equipment and the fish detectors and the radar. We were out there for two hours. We saw fish on the fish finder. <laughs> Zero, nothing yeah. happened. And people pay him good money. He did it. I got free, but he people pay him good money to go out there and catch fish and nothing. So I don't nothing. Know. Yeah, well, that's why they call it fishing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen guys at 6 a.m. in the shore at Campo Beach, right from the shore, get it catching oh. good size. Yeah, well, look here, look at this. This is uh this was one I caught not oh, not what, long ago. What? In the sound? Well, this was off of Montauk. 50 oh, pounds, okay. Well, 50 pound striper. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, look at the size of that sucker. It was unreal. So do you have like a your own hatteras or something, or where do you go out in? No, I just go out on friends' boats. No, no, no. no. A buddy of mine just bought a boat this year, so he's all excited to go out. And and he he was the one that I was out there with the uh, they caught the 50 pound striper. So yeah, we'll, we'll go out a lot. I got a bunch of friends to do it. And then I go over to St. Mortal Lake and I get out in the canoe and I fish for fresh water over there for fun. And... Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't actually trace. I don't know if you remember dad, we, our fathers and past, but we, he had a postcard of him when he was a young man, he was in his twenties and he went to Mexico and he had caught the biggest tiger shark up to that point ever caught and there's a picture of him do you remember that scene? wow yeah sort of yeah it's like a 12 foot tiger shark or something it was wow if we still have that in his belongings but they they commemorated it in a postcard but i'm sure bigger fish have been caught since but you know, not... <laughs> that's a pretty darn big yeah, shark. <laughs> yeah. well that was the other thing in the movie the shark scene was that a spielberg shark was that a real how did they do the shark scene where you know the shark's attacking your boat Coming yeah, up. well, that was a that was a a Spielberg shark. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a Spielberg shark. Uh, some of the sharks were actually real when I was uh, fishing, and I'm holding on, and the and the shark gets it and rips the line through my my hands. Mm. Uh, those scenes were uh, some of those were obviously real footage, real sharks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. Was cool. So the authenticity of the island and because you can tell sometimes when it's just fake foliage and you know you, you see the same trees over and over again because they just keep you know, sending you right. foliage. For every movie it's the same yeah. house it's the same backyard yeah yeah no it was really beautiful I, I i gotta say for my very first film and i never wanted to be an actor and and it was interesting because years later uh my son was 12 years old and a buddy of mine um acquired this uh, institution called the Area Code Games. And the Area Code Games is probably the largest high school baseball showcase in the United States. And he said, oh, come and bring your son. Someday he's going to be playing with us. So we went there and I saw him up in the booth and he was with two guys. And and one was Don Slott, who uh, I guess was a catcher for years and years, pro catcher. And the other one was this guy, Craig Wallenbrook. And Craig Wallenbrook uh, was a hitting coach, and I didn't know either of these guys. And Craig turns to me and he goes, uh, Blue Lagoon, right? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, you know, my my girlfriend made me see that movie of years, years ago. He said, I sat up and, and hit my girl. He goes, I'm sleeping through your movie. He said, and all of a sudden I see you hitting these rocks in the movie. He said, and I sat up and I hit my girlfriend and said, hey, man, that kid can hit. And I said, well, you know, well oh. thank you. He said, no, 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 no. He said, you could hit. And I said, well, 
And he says, you're a lefty, right? And I go, yeah, it was pretty obvious. And in the movie, the little kid who plays me younger hits right-handed. Oh. And I hit left-handed and nobody picks that up for some reason. But yeah. anyway, so he goes left-handed. I thought he saw it in the movie. I go, yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes East Coast. And I said, yeah, I said, I'm from New York. And then he goes, you had bad knees. And I went, holy mackerel. And I lifted my pants. I showed him my my leg because I had sweats on. And I showed him this giant scar. And he goes, do you know the Phillies were going to draft you? And I turned to my son. I said, I told you I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) But yeah, so then I could die a happy guy after that one. But he turned out to be a hitting coach for the Dodgers now. So, And he took my son after that meeting and my son's on the California state record list for hitting home runs. And my son ended up playing D one ball in, in uh, Charlotte. So, uh, and then he was going to go on and instead he met a girl. So that was uh, the end of grandpa and uh, beginning of grandpa, the end of uh, dad watching baseball. (laughs) That's great. Well, it shows people that know, know what to look for. um, You ever run into Brooke Shields now? And like, you know, when you're out and about. You know, I haven't. She's in New York City. I haven't seen her, but we just did an interview not long ago that stirred everything up. Oh, my gosh, because she just came out with this whole thing about being raped herself or something during. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. She's no during the during the movie or. Oh, gosh, no, this was before oh. then. Or I no, I guess it was way after then. It was I guess she was in her 20s. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know anything about it, but I know that she just had a documentary or something done on her. Mm-hmm. and she we she has a podcast and we did an interview and during the interview we laughed a lot about how you can't make that movie anymore you know we're, That's right. we're just talking yeah. about that you couldn't do that today yeah no you can't oh my God. do that movie today no and so yeah but what was your and this probably again asked a lot but um you know you're just your chemistry did you guys get along or was one of those things where you it was so you had to act your ass off because you hated her or she hated you and you just had to oh yeah no that's a good question no she was 14 turned 15 on the island so she was just just so starting to get into boys and and i was 18 um and we we had a little a little romance um going on but it, it turned more into a friendship type of thing. Um, there was no, I mean, because we were two closest in each other's age, um, there was really no weirdness in that respect at all. It was, it was just, it was really playing the movie. She was just really innocent and young and, and I had all those knee operations. So I had missed a whole lot of stuff too. So we were both sort of in a way, growing up with the movie on the island, playing the actual roles, which I think came out in the movie and why it, it helped be, make it become such a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just touched on such, for even today, you don't get, you know, she gets her, she's going through puberty, she gets her period. I mean, there's all this really startling kind of for the time, for any time, you know, to, to put out in a movie. But like you said, it was treated in a very sensitive way. It wasn't exploitive. It was just, that's the way things were. And you guys yeah. were out there. Yeah. So, um, any things that you had to raise your hand and say, "I'm not doing that," (laughs) or "I'm not going there," or you know, "Sorry, I don't know. I can't imagine what that would be." But no, not really, because I didn't know the difference. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, it was my very first time on a movie set. I didn't even know what a camera looked like. Uh, I I had no idea what I was doing. I uh, I just sort of rolled with it as we went along. So, I mean, they could have told me, uh, which they did, jump out of that that tree, and I yeah, no problem. Yeah. I jump out of the tree, uh, climb yeah, that tree. Yeah, you're I, pretty nimble. I had chafe marks all over my legs from climbing palm trees. You know, it was just I wasn't wearing much, so. Yeah, yeah. My thighs, my inner <laughs> thighs were all red. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're pretty nimble j jumping around. And um, so, what are you involved in the Fairfield community in any way? I mean, do you do, do you give acting? You have do acting lessons, or I mean, give uh, teach or involved in the art scene there at all? You know, uh, no, because I travel so much that I'm not here uh, a heck of a lot. Like I said, my Australia is sort of my second home, so I'm there oh. constantly. I'm a dear, dear friend of mine that I dated in high school for years at a Ford modeling, Cindy Gibbs. She has it in Westport there. Oh, she's yeah. got a yeah, she's got a uh, an acting studio there, and oh, she's asked right. me a couple of times uh, to come in and help, and I'd be glad to do it. Um, uh, the, the most recent time I said, I didn't know what was going on with this movie that I'm supposed to direct. So, but, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's got that in Westport, but no, I ha I have not yet, uh, not, not opposed to it at all. Yeah. Just haven't connected with anybody who has really asked or knew I was even here, I guess I'm too uh, busy maybe, yeah. fishing. Cause West, well, that's probably the smart thing. Cause Westport yeah. tends to glom on to like Cindy Gibb or something, not that she's not willing, but they tend to glom on to any kind of celebrity that walks into town and you know will you do this for us will you do that for us will you you know host something or you know auctions right. whatever <laughs> so I, what is the i'm you know like a producer like in broadway has a different responsibility than a producer for film and a producer for a sit you know television show on a film what what are what is it the what is a producer do i mean executive producers usually oversees everything right so what does a producer actually do yeah, sometimes they list five producers. Like, what do they all do? Yeah, that's true. A lot of times the producers are, uh, sometimes it's a credit, it's just a credit. Sometimes uh, the executive producers usually have to do with the money. Uh, the producers usually have to do with the production. So when you see producers, they usually have something to do with the production end of it, uh, the actual making of the movie. Uh, in television, I think it's flip-flopped. Um, so, uh, th that's usually what goes on when you see a lot of producers, uh, it's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yeah, it's yeah. a freaking mess. A lot of credit mongers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that like an agent negotiation, like, oh, oh, by the way, we also want to give him like a producer's credit, like, you know, like, uh, oh, probably, yeah. Well, well, writers usually get a producer's credit, right? No. Well, yeah, it depends on what you negotiate, obviously, but a, a producer credit is always good to have because uh, then you have a credit. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to go and, and make more pictures, the hardest part about this business is starting. They'll all say, well, what have you done? What as a director? Well, what have you directed before? I've been in the business for 40 years. It's all I've done since I was 18 years old. I've made over 100 pictures. I've been on movie sets and television sets all over the world and they ask you what have you done before as a director right mm -hmm. and so you have to go out and shoot something you have to go out and do something uh, yeah but then they'll give they'll give somebody who just came out of film school uh or 
Uh, there are people I, I have worked on movies that you wouldn't want your dog to watch. Okay. <laughs> and you go, how does, I did this movie in, in uh, Malaysia. I'll never forget the guy, this buddy of mine comes to me, a, 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 an Indian producer. And he says, Chris, he says, they want you for this movie. And I said, okay, we'll send the script. So I, I, I get the script and it's 52 pages long. And I said, I said, well, this script's a, or 58 pages, maybe. I said, it's a short film. Where's, where's the rest of it? No, 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 no. That's it. Just take the money and go make the movie. <laughs> and I went, well, I feel bad for the guy who's putting up the $2 million to make this picture or whatever. And there's no rest of the movie. I went and I did the movie because they were up my butt about it. And I did it and the whole thing. And after the movie was all done, which was horrible, I said to the guy, well, what did they do for the rest of the movie? He says, oh, 20 minutes of driving shots. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. You just go, yeah, the very first thing that you have to do is look at a project and say, yeah. who's my audience? Yeah. Who's going to buy the ticket to go watch this movie? Exactly. Who's the audience? And then once you know your demographic, then you know how much money you should put into the movie or not, because, you know, basically it's all math. Yeah. You know, it just, but people convince people and, you know, why well, find me first because I'm a legit filmmaker. I want to make good, good movies and commercial movies. I don't want an Academy Award. I want butts and seats. And then that's mm -hmm. my, that's my reward is people enjoying my films. Oh, well, that's a good philosophy. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people with money who just want to be in the movie business and they can Well, tell. good. Call me. Yeah, right. Call <laughs> yeah. me. We're, we yeah. can make it happen and make a good film. Yeah. All right. Well, good. That's a good place to end. We get a call to call Christopher and make yes. it free. <laughs> if we don't get you first. Well, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. It was thank great. You thank you, guys. Hope we'll run into you... Uh, Probably not on the sound, but somewhere in Fairfield. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm down at Stop and Shop in Westport right down the road here oh, all yeah. the time. I'm sure I'll run into you there. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Thank you so Thank much. You. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank